Hey, travelers. Just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy, travelers. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. My name is Jeremy. I am your host, and I am joined by my co-host today, the assholes, Andrew, CJ, and Jake. Hey. Well, I mean, that's a good way to win over your your fellow colleagues. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the the band broke up a little bit, but I guess we can still be the assholes. Never mind. I guess we're not doing the asshole thing anymore, guys. I'm sorry for anybody who anybody who liked that idea that is now gone. You can walk away from Infinite Rabbit Hole and never have to worry about the show again. Speaking of a person walking away, we're covering something that for a person that should walk away from the show. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, it's me. I should just walk away. I'm done. Take your holes with you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is the... Uh, a fan appreciation episode for the end of season two. We're going to do this one a little differently. The first one, we kind of took some recommendations from fans. Unfortunately, we don't have very many fans that like to tell us what they'd like to hear. So we're kind of doing our own thing this time. I'm kind of just giving you guys an update and a review on, on the season. We also just want to kind of take a second to remind you that if you're not following us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, uh, now's the time to do so. We also are in the process of uploading all of our audio to YouTube. You can simply find us by searching Infinite Rabbit Hole on YouTube. Um, season one should be all uploaded. Season two should be mostly done, hopefully by the time that this is out. Um, if you're looking for us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash Infinite Rabbit Hole. Twitter, that's at Infinite RH. And Instagram is Infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole you guys will see one major difference right and that's that uh one of our co-hosts wes chose to go down a different path he's no longer with infinite rabbit hole um i personally wish him the best but we got jake back jake welcome back to infinite rabbit hole man came crawling on back i was playing arc and with him and he came came on he's like i just want to come back and i said no I said, no, you're a little, you're a little bum. You need to get away. And he's like, but, but please. And I said, excuse me. That's messed up. <laughs> no, what had happened was <laughs> I was making dinner with my wife and we were talking about infinite rabbit hole and what you guys were doing. And I said, I'm going to wait for them to get nice and big. And then I'm going to sue them for royalties. And I started laughing and cackling like a witch. <laughs> and then she suggested, well, instead of doing that, how about if you just go back to the podcast and contribute in the bigness? And I said, oh, I mean, I guess I could do that too. So then I approached Jeremy, wheeled and dealed, and then came crawling on back, came back home. Yeah. So I think the important question here, Jake, is did the cackle sound like this? (laughs) And that's why she was like, all right, enough of that. Go, Just go back and do the show. Yeah, yeah, it was is it, it was pretty uh pretty witchy. <laughs> Did you twist your mustache? 
I can't grow a mustache to save my life, but if I had a mustache, I would have twisted it. Did you twist Andrew's mustache? Gosh, I wish. Have you seen? Oh, man. Of course you've seen it. But <laughs> me seeing it, it for the first time in, you know, the other day. Gosh, I would have twisted that mustache. I would have waxed it, twisted it. I, I appreciate it, guys, but uh, the mustache is part of the beard. <laughs> Twisting up the beard then. Whatever. That's what I do. All right. Yeah, every time we talk about Andrew's be- beard and his hair, and he just he sh- he puts us down really quickly and just says it's for the ladies, and I feel yeah. like my whole world falls apart. Look, <laughs> I'm not saying you can get me drunk and put a wig on, and I might swing the other way, but it's got to be a lot of alcohol involved, or a really good outfit. <laughs> you see, you see, he gets in there, and he's like, "Right, hey, you you got a really big <laughs> tube." <laughs> You're probably gonna have to cut that for the PC crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Just put beats on it so they can wonder what. <laughs> hey man, if you guys, CJ, if you can make that work, do it, man. I don't. Yeah, know I can do, do that. Yeah, I can do cool. it. Cool. Yeah, do it. Do it. That'd be really funny. Um, but yeah, so this is the crew going into season three. We're just going to take a quick, you know, I don't know, a couple minutes and talk about the the season that just happened. I mean, I know that the cast that you're seeing right now, I'm the only one that was kind of here for the whole thing. CJ was here for a majority of it. Jake was here for the beginning of it. And Andrew was here for the end of it. Um, But for the most part, pretty much had at least one of these guys on every episode other than myself. Um, We're like Slipknot. Yeah. (laughs) This rotating cast of whatever you i don't know what you want to call this this is honestly we're a joke like seriously (laughs) (laughs) we're we're a fucking joke but we're getting there we're getting there we got some big things coming down and uh i'm excited to get there but real quick let's uh let's let's talk about the season two right what was your guys's favorite episode of season two we'll go we'll start there project bluebeam Ooh, that's a good one huh yeah. Jake, out, out of the two two episodes that you were in, what was your favorite episode? <laughs> you know, I actually have been rolling through and listening to some of the episodes of season two. Not all of them, but some of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I really like this strange news that you guys put out. It was I was actually listening to it not too long ago while I was mowing my lawn. And yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I liked the concept of a short episode coming out just to relay all the interesting cryptid stuff of this week or something you want to put out maybe not full episode worthy but i really liked it i liked that concept so that was pretty cool plus there was a lot of different um different conversations different topics that were covered in it it's actually awesome that jake really likes that one because i enjoyed that as well and recently there's been a lot of really really good stuff that i feel like is going to be super meaty for the next time we do it I think we're due because we said we wanted to do that once a month, right? Or once a season or something like that. Or oh, we said a quarter. We said a quarter. Yeah. Every three three months, right? Yeah. Something so like that. anybody who likes that, pay, uh, get ready because I mean we're in May now, right? The fifth yeah. month. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah. we're we're pretty much due. I mean we can start yeah. thinking about that now. And do you want to lock it behind bonus? Uh, what we'll do is we'll put, how about, how about we do this? We'll do 
the news segment on the second month of the quarter and we'll release it uh i mean hell you know what this is this is a perfect time to just kind of announce that andrew you want to go ahead and announce what we're going to be doing there uh yeah so uh one of the things that we were starting to do uh to basically uh fund this make sure that we can uh keep this stream not stream this uh project going uh and get further bigger names uh maybe going to local festivals and other things like that um is uh starting a patreon uh if anybody doesn't know what a patreon is it's a way of uh basically uh supporting us uh with and getting uh something from it right so uh you will uh see by checking out at the start of season three when this is released uh our patreon will go up and we will have our uh different tiers right so each tier is going to have uh something for it but bare minimum uh every tier will have the ability to unlock and uh, get bonus episodes from us so you guys will actually hear little short episodes or little uh things not like something that would be a full episode um there's also other things like uh seeing behind the scenes right seeing our notes or seeing the layout of the season so that you have a, a heads up prior to anybody else right frog gang yeah um when we get up to that uh level uh, it is also going to roll into uh, discounts on merch and other things once we start pushing out the merch. So uh, keep an eye out. Uh, definitely it is something to uh, look and see if you would be interested in. Definitely it helps us, support us uh, expanding out the show. Yeah, because, I mean, long story short, we put a lot of effort into this show. And the the major goal is to get bigger and provide more content like all four of us have a have a passion for this stuff um we really dig it we talk all the time about this kind of stuff you know jake and i talk about this kind of stuff all the time when we're playing arc playstation cj and andrew and, uh, and i always talk about this kind of stuff it's a continuous conversation we love it so we want to be able to put it on the platform for you guys and go do some really cool stuff and get you guys uh engulfed into the community that that we're trying to get into now and go see some really cool things such as uh conventions and you know go camping and hiking and and hunting for bigfoot in person um you know uh haunted areas that kind of stuff we're we're, we're trying to get out there we want to the only the only thing is is that well we need funds to be able to do it and you know this is absolutely an optional thing obviously but just know that any penny that you guys put into it through your subscription and patreon is going into the podcast and going into the future of the show to bring you guys more and more and more so if you guys ever you know are looking through the 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 patreon by the way that's going to drop episode one of season three this episode is going to drop about two weeks before then so when this episode comes out patreon is not ready to go quite yet uh but it is on the horizon so be ready uh andrew thank you for bringing that to the front anybody else have anything to add there yeah so like me and my wife just bought a camper trailer recently and one thing that i mean we like camping so that's just going to be cool to be able to get out there but one thing that i'm planning on doing is taking a trip up to bluff creek up in northern california where the patterson gimlin bigfoot film was shot and i'd love to be able to do that and to 
get up there, throw up some game show cameras, hang out for a week or so, uh, take care of all that stuff, and funds from the Patreon might go into the gas to get up there or whatever. So it's expensive to be able to travel around, even if you pretty much have the means to do it yourself, as in a, a trailer or a tent or whatever it may be, but the camera equipment, the uh, all the audio equipment, all that stuff has pretty extensive price tags and though we are all professionals we all have our own jobs we can all for the most part fund what we want to do it would be nice to have some of that come back to us in revenue that we could utilize to as jeremy was saying go to conventions travel together go explore different things bring you guys new types of content maybe in a video platform of a hey this is all the the pictures and videos i took while i was up there you know, pick through it, see what you guys want to, you know, see if you can see anything that I can't, you know, whether we see anything or not, but being able to bring next level entertainment for our fans in a way that would be funded by the, the project we're already working on. And maybe even plane tickets to go out there and do that with Jake. You know, I, I would love to go up to Bluff Creek and take a look at that uh, creek bed where Patty was filmed. That would just be a check on the bucket list. I'd rather go out to a convention and see all of you all together. That like, would be cool. Just that get would be a very booth. cool. Yeah. We do a face reveal. Yeah. Oh, sh okay. I'll do a beard <laughs> reveal. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get like a Phantom of the Opera mask that just covers the top part of my face. And then maybe we can buy an implant uh, for CJ to have a beard. I'll just shave my beard now and supplement it to his face. Wow. <laughs> Wow. What a good friend. You want to know why you can't donate beard hair? Because it's like pubic hair. I know. And I, I tried. don't want your pubic hair on my face. Thank you. Well, then we'll get him a synthetic one. The, the thing, okay, so for only $5 a month, you can help provide a man who has the inability to grow facial hair, the opportunity whoa, 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 to... Hold on, hold on. In the arms of an angel, you can provide CJ with his one dream in life, and that is to no longer be the fearless boy wonder. He wants to be the fearful wonder, CJ. I like that you just unforgotten about Jake and just put me on blast. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I don't want a beard. Okay. I just, sh I just, I just shaved off the 80-year-old grandma beard that I usually grow. <laughs> Dang. I want the ability to grow a beard, but I don't want a beard. You don't need a beard. You already have a wife. It's true. It's fired. Damn. Yeah. I need a beard for my wife. My wife misses my beard. She just don't like looking at your face. <laughs> That's facts. We can call her in here right now and ask her if she likes my face, and she would say no. <laughs> She's like, no. I hate it. And then she would look at me and be like, you're gross. And then walk away. I guarantee it. Anyways. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. We uh you know, the the Patreon, we do want to have like a an area of our YouTube. I know Andrew was kind of throwing the idea about a Twitch around for you know patrons. Um so we do we are expecting to have an area just for you um where there's going to be extra content a lot of it's going to be behind the scenes content um where you're going to be able to see us in our rawest form where we probably talk uh 
in a way that's not suitable for children. So if you guys are into that kind of stuff, you guys want to hear how bad we crack on each other in the background, then that's definitely uh, where you want to go because we get on each other pretty hard. <laughs> we have we have a good time. Anyways. Giggity. What the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everything you guys hear on the podcast itself is PG. Just so everybody knows, I don't know if I've ever put this out, but a little fun fact, uh, trivia question about Infinite Rabbit Hole. There has only been one time in the history of Infinite Rabbit Hole where I had to actually remove content from the podcast. And that was during the, the episode that we had CJ, Andrew, and Ninja Chris on from Cryptotechnical. And, I mean, what do you guys think? Can we put that on Patreon? Yeah, do that on Patreon. And then we invite any of you podcasters to come on here and try to take that belt from me. Yeah, go ahead. See if you guys can out CJ, CJ. Maybe we should make that a Patreon tier and just label it like a $20 tier and just call it CJ's mouth. And then like 80% of the crap we edited out because it came out of my mouth, then they get to hear that. Okay, <laughs> but they also get a picture of your feet as well. Yes, yes. And for $25, we won't send you my feet. Yeah, that's a good one. So if you don't want feet, but you want to hear all the stupid shit that CJ says, then, yeah, $25. And if you, and if you do want the feet, OnlyFans.com slash Infinite Rabbit Hole. <laughs> that's yeah. a joke by the way anyways is it but, oh i don't know we'll see we'll, we'll <laughs> we, we have to leave some expansion for season four let's keep to the to what we what we talked about already and that is if you guys want to hear the only thing i've ever had to clip out of an infinite rabbit hole episode just because i, I was like okay i know there's some kids around here that might listen to this podcast <laughs> i don't want them to hear this uh Go ahead and sign up for the Patreon. You'll you'll hear it. Okay. We'll make sure that I don't know where do you guys want to put that. You guys want to put that the lowest one. You want to put that in the middle. Where, where, how much you want to stretch these guys? Uh, subject to change. It, it'll it'll be up by third season. We still got to talk about it. Okay. All right. We'll let you guys know. Episode one, season three. What tier that is on. Um, so we kind of jumped off the rails there. Andrew, what is your what was your favorite part of season two, man? Uh joining. Ah. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but like if it's an actual episode, uh, I am gonna say uh the bonus one that we did with the goats. Uh uh talking with shadows. Yeah. Uh the well, the other episode we did with them, the shadow people one. I think I actually Honestly, I think I like the Shadow People one more. That was that. an episode on their show, wasn't it? Yeah. No, we did we did talking uh podcasters who stare at goats of them. Yeah. So uh, I enjoyed okay. the show that we were on their show. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. 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 If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, go over, look for Talking with Shadows podcast and look for their episode Podcasters Who Stare at Goats. And we did a we did a breakdown of the movie men who stare at goats and we talked about all the government projects that were a part of that movie and we kind of really did a deep dive what was it like uh project stargate um speaking about patreon uh during that episode uh the those guys actually have uh patreon and you can hear us talking about 
Project Midnight release or something? Midnight Climax. Midnight, Midnight Climax. Climax. Yes. Yes. Check check out their Patreon, uh, One Candle Society, if you'd like to hear us talk about that as well. That was fun. That was uh, that was dirty, real dirty. <laughs> I wash my hands after that. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of season two. My favorite episode of season two was. There was a lot of really good ones, but I think that the diamond in the rough was the Bermuda Triangle episode. I seriously think that that is, I'm surprised it doesn't have more listens. And I think it's just because the topic of Bermuda Triangle is so overplayed. But the way Jake and I approached that episode, I think was stellar. And we really brought some stuff that I had to dig. And I'm sure Jake did too. Mm-hmm. We had to we had to dig extremely deep for some of that information, and I've never heard some of that stuff before. Um, and anybody that that I know personally that has listened to that episode was like, "Wow, I am super interested in the Bermuda Triangle now." Um, especially one particular thing about the Bermuda Triangle with the possibilities of ships and airplanes being taken out from below or above. (laughs) (laughs) Plus it was fun too. We had a good time. We had a great conversation. We were laughing. We were really just engaged in the content. It was a really fun episode. I had gotten some feedback from that saying that it was one of the best episodes that we had had done because of how fluid it was and because of how engaged we were and, you know, just having a good time that it, they could tell the difference between the other episodes in that one. I don't know what the the secret ingredient was or what sort of, you know, what we sprinkled into that one that we didn't do with anything else. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the secret ingredient was that we didn't do the rest of the time. Jake, you weren't here, man. You weren't That's here. True. That's true. And now you're back. So we can return to that kind of quality. I have been listening to these episodes and I'm just like, man, that sounds like an echo chamber of stupidity in some of these things. I'm just. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, like, oh, man. No, like, like here, like, uh, so the, the Bigfoot or the, the news one, right? So I'm listening to it and you guys were so beside yourself with like the, uh, the blue dogs, right? In Russia. It's like, oh my gosh, like how could how could this have happened and all this stuff? And I was like, dude, what it was like four years ago the Russians were tattooing their cats and their dogs. You really think they're not gonna start painting them blue? Like they're getting <laughs> like short haired cats and tattooing them with their own gangster tattoos. It's like for real? <laughs> like, I completely missed that. Was that that was a thing? Like they were just yeah. like, hey. They were taking like uh was it the hairless cats and then dogs with really short hair and stuff, and they were uh putting them under and these Russian gangsters were getting the exact same tattoos that they had on their chest and their arms and tattooing their, their pets with it. And I'm li- I remember that. It wasn't too long ago. And I was like, of course they're painting dogs blue. <laughs> of course they're doing that. Of course it makes total sense. <laughs> they're bored. You got to rep the set at all times. You got to let them know whose dog that is. You know what? You know what? I, I just want to point out here that if Jake never left, y'all would have known this already. You would have known this. Our fans would have known this. I want everybody who's listening to this to go on to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and leave us a comment with hashtag Jake screwed us out of good content. <laughs> yep. We're starting this hashtag right now. Hashtag Jake screwed us out of good content. And I want everyone to say thank you, Jake. <laughs> now, the, 
it definitely wasn't an echo chamber of stupidity, but absolutely listening to the, the episodes and being like, man, I would have said this and I would have said that. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I wanted to come back for, uh, to be able to have that, that voice of a, uh, you know, Bible believing Christian in there, but also because I'm bored, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm glad to be back. I think that you guys did really good jobs with the other episodes, but you know, I'm glad to, to be able to come back, being allowed to come back, especially because I left kind of so suddenly. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to crank out some good stuff going forward. Oh, speaking of, that's a good segue. Look at this with all these segues. Let's let's give a little uh, view into the future of season three. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, let's start with Andrew. Since Andrew didn't say anything that last little spat. Andrew, what are you most looking forward to in season three? We can we can we can each release a little bit of information about one episode. I am excited to uh, hook up with a, uh, the hookup. What am I saying? Hey, I'm excited <laughs> about the season. <laughs> that was horrible, Andrew. Thank you. Oh gosh. <laughs> Look, I got... Can we help him up? He didn't want me to buy him 15 seconds to get that shit together. No. Yeah, well, nope. look. yelled at me for it. That's what I do. Grab the parachute that had I, pots and pans I need, in it. I need to be the uh, person of comic relief slash skepticism, right? That is my role of this thing. That is my, my wheelhouse. Maybe Good thing Griffith Technical is dead. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not fault of my own. It's also fault of me. And <laughs> what? <laughs> See, anyways, let's let's, let's start cycle. with somebody else. And CJ, cycle. What are you most excited for on season two? The season finale. That's three. what I'm actually season really. Three. Yeah, season finale episode. Okay, don't give away the season finale episode. That's the only one I really don't want to get rid. Of. Yeah, give that's away. that's what I want to say. I'm excited about the season finale episode. Um. Okay. So, uh. Inspired, inspired by one of our recent friends for an upcoming announcement, um, I had the idea of, of doing an episode about music where the songs really go into uh, conspiracy theories. And like, like we're going to talk about uh, music where the artists seem to be trying to convey a message to the public, you know, about what's really going on with the elite. And I'm really looking forward to that one. That's going to be a really interesting one. Because Jeff is my new boo thing. There you go. Set it on there. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That's not nice. Nope. <laughs> We're breaking up, Jeremy. Jake's back. You're going back to him. I know it in advance. I'm ending it right now. All right. Hmm. As long as it's mutual, we're good. <laughs> Jake. I know you weren't necessarily a part of the planning of season three, but you've kind of had a little bit of insight into it. We kind of caught you up a little bit. Is there anything in particular that you're most excited about? You know, I'm actually looking at the list right now, and there are so many that I'm incredibly excited for. Um, Most of them I already feel like I I have a good handle on and I could really uh, get into. Uh, But honestly, if I had to pick one, Mm. You know, I would <sighs> the Monster Mysteries one that's coming up, another Bigfoot episode. 
I'm not I'm not going to give away who the guest is there, but I'll kind of bring everybody into the loop on some of this stuff. So we're going to start doing these series, right? Something that you can look forward to every season because this seems to be a popular thing with the National Park Mysteries episode. You guys seem to like this. We proved that with with part three that just came out. I mean, it's been out for two, like not even two weeks, a week and a day, week and two days, and it's already a very well-performing episode. Uh, So you guys either like National Park Mysteries or you guys like series. So we're going to try this new thing called Monster Mysteries. And as Jake just said, this, uh, this Monster Mysteries is about Bigfoot. Bigfoot is also a huge topic for us that you guys seem to like. We like to talk about it, so it fits very well. I know it's my favorite. But we're going to give you... Whenever we do one of these Monster Mysteries episodes, we're going to give you about three, four, five short stories that surround a type of creature, right? So this one's Bigfoot. We're going to do some uh, shallow skimming on some uh, stories such as the Albert Osman incident where this man was uh, panning for gold in, out in California. Actually, I this might have actually taken place in Canada. Uh, forgive me if that's incorrect, but I believe the Albert Osman happened out uh, in Alberta. Um, but basically, he was kidnapped by a family of Sasquatch and only escaped uh, because he gave the the large male some chewing tobacco and he started throwing up and convulsing and stuff and was able to get away from there. We just, do about... the, just do the whole episode now, Jeremy, just do the whole yeah. episode now. No, I'm just, I, that's, that's <laughs> one story and that's just a small part of that story, but that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about three, four five of those really awesome Bigfoot stories and we're going to have a good conversation about them. Uh, we have a monster mysteries possibly lined up for season four as well, depending on how well uh, it does in season three. That's it. All right, there. I you know when you watch much. the trailer of a movie and it seems like every bit of action that's actually in the movie is just in the trailer and it ruins the entire thing? That is not true because <laughs> there is some awesome stories we're going to get into for that episode. I gave them a little bit, a little nibble, but it was, a, it was probably the best one. Anyways. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. I'm, what I'm, are you I'm most looking forward, forward to? I'm looking forward to the first three episodes. That's the, that's cheating. We all had no, to no, name one. Yeah. Well, well, name on. one out of those first three. I am. I'm going to name one. We'll and name I it. bet you, it's we're Spit doing it a we're doing a new <laughs> thing. Uh, we're taking a twist on the cryptids this season, right? Other than that Bigfoot monster mysteries episode, we're gonna cover a piece of mythical lore. Uh, but we're gonna cover the unicorn. Mm. Oh, oh, well, yeah. That yeah, was the right. other pick that I was bouncing between. I was like, ah, oh, which one and which one? Dude, I am, I mean, episode one, everyone should know what it is because we've talked about it already. Uh, and we talked about it on plenty of other other shows. Um, but the unicorn, we're going to sit there and we're going to dissect the lore behind unicorns. And I am stoked about it very excited there is so much and so much that you don't see in the in the common the common thing so there's a lot to look forward to with that episode it is a pretty exciting pick there 
All I got to say is that it's not your My Little Pony unicorn stuff. It's not that. This is some, there's some dark shit here. I'm just going to watch Legend with Tom Cruise, and that's going to be my baseline for all the unicorn knowledge I have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, out, of, out of all of us, I feel like Andrew's the most excited for his pick for the third season because he got so excited he invented shit that never happened. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Although I don't know if it's got cut out or not. It's not. No, I'm definitely leaving that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that we're going to be giving the Patreon to is we're going to give them the whole lineup. Yep. They're going to be able to see the entire season worth of lineup. And they're going to be able to see the progress that season four goes through as we're planning it and changing it every single day. <laughs> yep. The background, the notes, the over-preparedness of uh, Jeremy. <laughs> the, it's going to be, the... be like a four-panel video of these guys like like writing notes and doing research, and then there's me playing Pokemon while I'm listening to a YouTube video. <laughs> and there is CJ's preparation, everybody. I don't know. I don't do notes. I just go outside and fish. And I'm just like, oh, geez, that, that hap- that's happening today? Okay, what's the topic? Okay, let me do some, let me listen to something real quick. Yeah, throw on a podcast or a YouTube video. Right. You guys, you guys are jokes. I dive into books, websites, all kinds of cool stuff, and you guys listen to an episode on YouTube or a yeah. ten minute ten no, minute video. No, no, no. I have, I have my ways. Uh, Andrew, I believe you. I do. I don't. Be- I, actually, I believe all of you guys because you guys didn't lie. Anyways, <laughs> um. So we do have some bonus episodes coming up in season three as well. I'm not going to get into those. Um, Again, a lot of those are, we put them out about a week after we record them. We kind of rush those out for you guys to enjoy right away. Um, So a lot of those are still in the works, but we do have some bonus content coming again. Um, We have another author coming. I can put that out at least because that one's pretty much all but locked up, right? CJ? Yeah, no, it is it is locked up and it's super duper exciting because this is also an author that Andrew and I have spoken to in the past and they are incredibly intelligent and a lot of fun to have a conversation with. That's going to be a fantastic episode, and I think everyone should look forward to that. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, we also have, let's see, one, two, three three returnee uh returning guests and one two three four up to five returning guests from different podcasts i mean uh non-returning yeah. guests yeah we're new people we're, new new yeah. guests <laughs> we're gonna get you get you guys some new flavors and uh being able to enjoy some some new voices and stuff some really exciting stuff um... too um, I thought we were. I thought we were only going to reveal one thing because then it's defeating the purpose of. Well, Patreon. we didn't tell them what we're doing. We're just saying that we got like a nice guest lineup. Give them something to look forward to. Yeah, well, it's a teaser. So if they're like, "Oh man, I really want to know who the guests are," well, gotcha, gotcha. Get a Patreon. Um. So basically, season three is fatter, longer, and uncut. There we go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then. Uh, at the end of season three, we'll be very, very close to our one year anniversary of our very first episode being put out. Um, we have come very, very far. By the time this episode comes out, we'll be at 5,000 listens, guys. Uh, that's pretty much inevitable. That's going to happen. We're right there. So, so 
in, in other exciting news then are, are we prepared to for a real big announcement or are we doing that on the first episode of season three no we're announcing that right now yeah we gonna form like voltron with a bunch of other podcasts to bring you extra special content yes like cj was saying but more direct and so you guys don't have to decipher anything that he was trying to put out we are in the process of creating with a bunch of other podcasts a network that is going to work together to be able to bring you some really cool content um basically it, it's a gigantic collaboration uh event i guess you can call it uh what would we say every quarter that we're going to put out like this uh round table episode yeah so basically every podcast that's in the network with us we're all going to sit down you're going to hear a shit ton of voices and we're all we're going to do is talk over each other and you're not going to be able to, to to understand anything we say because don't, we're all going to don't say that it's going to be professionally <laughs> moderated it will be organized and not a clusterfuck do you see how much of a clusterfuck four of us are <laughs> yeah it's pretty sad. Not... <laughs> see yeah that's why I'm quiet yeah, so ahead. much. So, I'm just, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm just waiting for I, a I'm break also in just it, and it I'm, I'm not even, yeah. <laughs> Is everybody talking over each other? No, <laughs> yeah, we're each other? Yeah. This. Also, this is awesome. You know, purple stop signs and stuff. <laughs> uh, I, that was a joke, guys. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So we're introducing the Void Podcast Network. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Get ready. Um... Do you think we can announce the lineup? I don't know. Did we get the blessing of that yet? I don't. I don't want to announce the lineup. We gave. We told them what we're doing. We gave them a little. We gave them a taste of it. Now they can wait for it. Yeah. Make them want it. Make them want it. That's good because, uh, truth be told, we're still kind of uh, hashing out exactly who the original podcasts are in this network. So we don't want to put out anything preemptive um yeah but we are we're there we're in so infinite rabbit hole is officially a part of void podcast network that's pretty cool that's pretty um, cool anyways andrew you gotta take off man we can we can do this uh this last part without you um on, are you are you guys how long do you got because i gotta leave like and be there by six o'clock takes me like 20 minutes so how long do you think it's gonna be i don't know i mean are we doing mel's hole guys yeah i talk about this for a little bit all right then uh sorry to leave early guys um good luck with uh covering holes mm. yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Bye. bye andrew Yay. bye drive safe buddy uh as we did with the original um fan appreciation episode in season one we took recommendations from people on facebook and we kind of i don't know we it's kind of a similar format to Did a mashup yeah it was like the infinite rabbit hole news episode honestly um but we just covered a whole bunch of different topics unfortunately we didn't really get any this time and i was kind of thinking about doing some stuff that we didn't cover in the first episode that was recommended but those topics are still going to be made into full episodes so i really don't want to dive into those but i've got this funny story uh about this guy on reddit who i i can't remember what episode it was 
I want to say it was the Bermuda Triangle episode. I had posted on Reddit on I can't remember which which string it was, but this guy had this snarky fucking comment of like, <laughs> dude, it was like uh there's nothing mysterious about the bermuda triangle it's just a fucking area of the world and i'm like all right man well you know thanks for giving it a listen and seeing the stuff that we had to say about it and he goes well i'm not the one that believes in in stupid shit and i was like well if you listen to the episode uh you would see that you know my co-host and i have opinions about it that you know, basically match yours, but that's, that's fine. Anyways. Um, and I was like, thanks for listening and, you know, being a, a real gentleman. And so he messaged me like the next day. Right. And he goes, Hey, uh, just want to let you know that I did take, I did listen to your, your episode and I apologize, but it, it was really good. Very interesting and entertaining. Uh, good job. I'll be listening to other episodes from now on. And I said, okay, cool. And I was like, if you ever have any uh, topics that you would like us to cover, just let me know. And he said, well, you know, uh, I haven't heard anybody cover the topic of Mel's Hole in a long time. Uh, And that was something that I remember from when I was younger um, that kind of swept the nation and, you know, people were really obsessed with. And I said, hmm, Mel's Hole. I was like, I heard of this. And I, I said, I want to say I heard about this on Coast to Coast AM. And he was like, yep, that's exactly where you heard of it because most of the story, ta- uh, you know, involves Coast to Coast. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I was like, cool, when I do my fan appreciation episode, do you mind if I uh, shout you out? And he goes, no. He goes, I don't. I don't. He goes, I honestly don't want to be a part of it. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, but I'm still going to do the episode. He goes, cool, I'll be listening. And I was like, all right, man. So... That's what we're going to do uh, to that guy. Um, I don't know who, what your name is. I'm not going to put out his Reddit tag. Um, you guys will have to do some really deep searching to find it, I guess, if you guys want to harass him. But uh, anyways, well, that's what we're going to cover today is Mel's Hole. You guys ready for this uh, exciting story of Mel's Hole? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So... In 1997, Mel Waters sent a fax to Art Bell of the Coast to Coast AM radio show describing that on his property in Manitash Ridge in eastern Washington state had possibly the deepest hole in the world. Mel outlined that he had used up to 80,000 feet of fishing line to try and reach the bottom of the hole, but still could not reach. Another piece of evidence he gave was how he dropped an old refrigerator down the hole and never heard the crash from it hitting the bottom. He did many experiments trying to determine if the line was hitting the bottom or not. One of his experiments was to tie a lifesaver candy to the end of the line. If the lifesaver was in the water, it would dissolve a little bit. The test to see if there was solid ground at the bottom was done by attaching a one-pound lead weight to the end of the heavy-duty fishing line. If the line stayed firm, then the weight didn't hit anything solid yet. These tests were done in 1,500 feet increments, spool by spool of fishing line, added after each was empty until he got to the bottom of 80,000 feet, with nothing determining there was yet a bottom. 80,000 feet equals roughly 15 miles deep, by the way. Hmm. The deepest trench in the ocean is 36,000 feet deep. Mining technology in 1997 could only reach about 16,000 feet, 
Mel also stated that a few other families had owned the property before he did, and that himself and the previous owners and neighbors would throw their trash into the hole on a regular basis without it ever filling up. Mel claimed that as far as he knew, it was a regular hole. The only strange happenings were that dogs would not go near it, birds would not land on the stone retaining wall, and there was no echo if you were to yell down it. Everyone else who had knowledge of the hole also had similar stories concerning their dogs and not wanting to get close to the hole. So I'm going to take a little break right there because it's mm-hmm. there's quite a bit more. But what do you guys think so far? I mean, have you guys done some research in the Mel's hole at all? Do you guys have any initial thoughts on this? I think it sounds hokey. Initially. I think it's super fake. Yeah. yeah. Just because yeah. of, like, the, the real big part here is you can yell into it and there's no echo. What? Right. That is kind of weird, isn't it? That goes against physics. There would have to be like some sort of gravity altering force in there for it to not echo. So, Jake, do you have anything to add there? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's talking about throwing a, a one pound weight into it with fishing line eventually and not very, not very far in, probably about. 600 yards in the weight of the fishing line would be more than that one pound lead weight right so it doesn't matter if he you know even if he gets say i'm looking at something that says the deepest mine shaft is something like ten thousand feet or something but so say he's gets it down there maybe it's it's pretty dang deep. Let's just say that. Let's say it's a mine shaft and it's pretty dang deep. Maybe at around a thousand yards, the weight of the fishing line that he's throwing into there has made that one pound weight at the bottom that he started with into four pounds or five pounds to where all he's doing really is sending this down to the bottom and spooling it up at the bottom. There's no water down there, maybe, or it soaks into the ground and he's just constantly feeding fishing line into it as it spools up at the bottom of a nine foot hole nine foot Mm -hmm. diameter hole that's incredibly deep it just doesn't sound to me like anything specific and even getting further into this story that he got some payment from the government and then moved to australia not another part of the country a whole different country it just doesn't sound okay to me and there's you know there's so many holes in this story it just eh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the other thing is is like nobody thought to throw like a flashlight down there or like a fireball, right? You know, like it it, it doesn't make a lot, of, and like kind of like what Jake says, like it, I mean, I understand that like if the one pound weight would have hit that ground, like and and both Jake and I are fishermen, and you know what it feels like when when your thing hits the bottom of something, you get that very right. brief moment of slack, and then it goes taut again, um. And a lot of it, like Jake was saying, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. At all. I mean, and they were throwing their garbages in there, for, mm-hmm. like, and dogs won't go near it. Well, that's because dogs aren't idiots, and they're like, "Hey, that's a really deep hole." <laughs> My dog won't go to the edge of the swing pool. Like, come on, it's it's not normal. Right. It just it doesn't like it. <laughs> Right, dogs are not dumb. They're like, oh, if I fall down there, that's imminent death. Some dogs think that going down two stairs is imminent death. They're not going anywhere near that hole. Right. right. So, 
we're going to get into a little bit of that in the next couple bits. I've, I broke this up into about four or five sections. So we still got four, three or four left to go. Um, so let's continue. All right. Mm-hmm. On February 21st, 1997, Art Bell was finally able to get a hold of Mr. Waters to host him on the Coast to Coast AM radio show to tell his story. Many skeptics and believers called in, as well as some people with some interesting ideas, tests, and issues with Mel's story. One person said that Mel's test would fail due to the weight of the line being too strong at the depth that even if the weight hit solid ground, that the line would still be stiffer under its own weight. Another person said that the line would be would have snapped under the combined weight of the lead weight and the line. Mm. Another person recommended throwing a live cat down the hole, which Art quickly recommended not to. One person volunteered <laughs> to be lowered into the hole in a cage in case there was an animal down there eating the trash. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a garbage goblin down there like uh. i immediately thought of star wars like <laughs> trash compactor monster <laughs> what, what was that what was that monster out in the desert the oh man it's it's on epic rap battles of history as well Oh man! Slowly digested for a thousand years. <laughs> they call it a giant butthole in the sand, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Try debunking that, scientists. <laughs> Dang! All right, continue. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. I I was just listening. I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyways, oh, that's right. You haven't watched Star Wars. Anyways. In which Mel responded that he wouldn't do that in case an accident happened and someone got hurt or killed. Soon after the first phone call into the Coast to Coast AM show, a second fax made its way to the station. In this fax, Mel highlighted two strange events that took place soon after the episode aired. The first was that Mel decided to drive up to the hole on his property and was blocked, blocked on an access road by uniformed military personnel. One of the men that were guarding the access road told Mel that there was a plane crash on the property and that he would not be able to access it for for quite a while. Mel went on to tell the guard that he didn't see any smoke and that he was the owner of the property. Soon after Mel stated that he was the owner, he noticed that men in yellow hazmat suits walking up to the access road. Mel stated that he immediately demanded to speak to the officer in charge. A man in civilian clothing approached Mel and again told him that there was a plane crash on the property that was currently being investigated. The man went on to say that if Mel didn't leave, it wouldn't be hard to find a drug lab on his property while we were there. Hmm. Mel described a Mel described a grow operation that he had on the property for medicinal plants. Mel got the hint and asked the man when he could come back to his property. The man replied, we will let you know. The last thing Mel asked the man was, what if I don't keep my mouth shut about this? The man replied that he could do whatever he wanted and that no one would believe him. The second event highlighted the story that a neighbor had told Mel that one day he drove up to the hole and witnessed a black beam of light extending out of the hole into the sky. The neighbor described it as blacker than black. A black beam of light. Hold on a second. A black that would not beam be of light. light. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So a black beam. Beam, yeah, black beam light. I mean, I think that's how exactly how they they wrote it. But that's Anyways, not how the color black works. 
Anyways, time ran out on the episode. The episode was over. All right, now let's talk. <laughs> they, what I the know. fuck? I know. I don't know. There's as as far as this thing being so dang secretive. I'm right now looking at an aerial view of the mysterious, can't find it anywhere. Mel's hole. I'm looking at an article on Daily Record News, getting to the bottom of Mel's hole, and I'm looking at it right now. There's nothing around it. There is an access road, but that's it. And then there's a little wire fence around it, a barbed wire fence, like, hey, stay out of this because it's a really deep hole and you'll fall in and die. But it's not anything. There's no, no, no structures set up around it. This isn't a picture from, you know, this is a picture from 2012. There's nothing there except this barbed wire fence around the hole. So the, I need to get back to this black beetle light. <laughs> that, this that drives me nuts. To- there would need to be like a super dense gravitational it would have to be a wormhole. We're just gonna put out it would have to be a wormhole for it to be a black beam of light. And I'm not even sure like if you're able to see wormholes like or perceive them at all. This is something that's going to come up, right? One of the theories of Mel's hole is that what if this was a dimensional gateway? Um and let's say light refracted as it came through. Like there was something on the other end of this dimensional gateway, shining a white light through the dimensional gateway and it exited our into our dimension as a black light. Now, apparently uh, I read, I I went out and bought a whole book on this and it, it was okay. But let's just say that I found better information on the internet than I was able to find on this book. The only thing that this book actually gave to me was the contents of the word-for-word conversation between Art Bell and Mel Mel Waters. That was really cool. That was some really good stuff. But I did my own research into this, and apparently you can go to this truck stop on a ridge near that area and some people claim to still see a black beam or black shadow that looks like a beam of nothingness coming out of the ground in that vicinity. And it's, it's been reported by people that have no idea about uh, Mel's hole at all. But there's no pictures of it. True. Yeah, that's, and, that's but a good no point. Pictures, but there's no pictures of it. The whole, the whole uh, guy shining a flashlight on the other side of a gateway kind of makes sense because if you were chilling in your yard and all of a sudden bags of refuse started flying out of the ground and fishing weights and lines like you'd fucking shine a light down there too like what the hell is that <laughs> but no like like for it to be like a wormhole for like a, a dimensional gateway like a wormhole like we we already know that according to quantum physics a wormhole needs to connect two black holes right well, so it's theorized it's not so that that's another one of those things where it's like the evidence is there, but it's never going to be proven, at least in our well, lifetime. Right. But like we like to our current understanding of quantum physics, like a wormhole needs to have an entrance as a black hole and an exit that's either another black hole or an exact image of the black hole it's currently connected to, which is this like paradoxical woo-woo, which we don't have time to go into. Um right. So what that means is if this was a wormhole, there would need to be a black hole present nearby and we would all be condensed into an absolute nothingness and time would stop 
literally time would stop. So, no, that doesn't work. And what the fuck? Like, the only thing, the only reason that I can logically come up with in my head for them to say, throw things down there, large objects, small, or the, the line, the fishing weight is that down into the hole past where light reaches, it begins to slowly turn into a slope where it, and then it's got like those calcium line ground waters that you see in caves that are extremely slippery mm-hmm. and stuff just like hits this very gradual slope. And then just gets whooshed Mm -hmm. down, right? That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. And it would have to be extremely gradual for you to not be able to perceive it by throwing stuff down the hole. Like a GoPro in there. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting, huh? To put a GoPro on the end. Yeah, let's find it. I mean, seriously, like we're we're talking We're talking about the guy who believes that writing words on bay leaves and burning them actually achieves something across the energies of the universe. And I'm telling you that this is nonsense. <laughs> CJ's talking about himself, by the way. I am um, talking about myself. Like, it, yes. it, like I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just sounds super duper hokey. Like it, it really sounds like some dude who owned a piece of property and was like, man, my life is boring. Let's spice it up. <laughs> I'm looking at this area, and it looks boring out there. Like, gonna go shoot some jackrabbits today? What is this, a big hole? Nice. (laughs) Throw some trash in it. It's aliens. I mean, if we, as grown men, if we found a big asshole like that, we'd throw stuff down it, too. Yeah. Like, we'll spit over bridges and see how long it takes to hit the water. Like, (laughs) yeah. We we do that. do that. (laughs) I was watching a movie with my grandpa one time, and... I don't know, some scene in the movie, people just had this big old hole and they're just throwing their trash in it. He's like, that's what we used to do when we, whenever we found a hole back in the day, fill it with trash. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, I'll, I'll save my next bit for after this, this next section. Moving on, right? So on February 24th, 1997, only four days after his first appearance on the show, Art Bell again had Mel Waters call into the show to describe the ongoing events. Mel started the show with some information about a test he conducted that was recommended by the previous show. He tied the line onto a mobile fish scale, and the line weighed almost exactly 18 pounds Mm -hmm. with the one-pound weight and the 80,000 feet of line, well within the limits of the string he was using. Yeah, but that doesn't that that that's not taking into the account the length of the string. So like when you have like an 18 pound test, right? You're only using maybe oh like if you're fishing a real deep place, like what, 150, 200 foot, you're not using eighty thousand feet of the shit. True. Yeah, you have to it's gonna be sensitive there in you, the middle. I, this, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you have this weight spread across a a, a very much a, a much longer uh period of space you're going to have a weakening right in the center of that and that's that's just physics that's just how that works like right so like like you, you have something like that's like saying like if i take if i take a, a number two pencil as it is and saying well look i can tie a 20 pound weight to the bottom of this number two pencil and i can i can lift it up and the pencil doesn't break but then you take a dowel of the same thickness as that pencil and you make it eight foot long or 12 foot long or 20 foot long and you pick up that same that same weight and all of a sudden the dowel snaps right right 
that's mm-hmm. the same thing we're talking about mm. like it, it, it you get a, a a spot of weakness right in the center the longer and longer and longer you make it and that very center piece isn't able to hold the same tensile strength well another thing that i was thinking about too while i was reading this book and i was reading over this eighty thousand feet worth of line right is there's this line isn't eighty thousand feet anymore with a one pound weight at eighty thousand feet that line is going to stretch and mm-hmm. that line, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine how long it's going to be. But, I mean, you're talking about, what, monofilament? This shit's going to stretch. Which would and weaken it even further. Which would weaken it exactly what I was thinking. So, you know, I mean, I, dude, I don't disagree with you guys at all. I think this is a very interesting story. Uh, I think it has holes. And uh, anyways, I don't, I don't want to get to my final thoughts until the end. but. I'm still trying to figure out why they didn't throw a flashlight down there. Turn a flashlight on, throw it down. I'm still trying. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, even after like, so when I was over overseas, I think I was in uh, Germany. I went to a castle and they had a well that was, gosh, I want to say this well was like 400 feet. It was super deep. And they had this uh, like a candelabra or a chandelier sort of thing that they had in the middle of it. And they'd light a candle and they'd send it down to the bottom and you could barely see it. And that was at only 400 feet. Say this thing is a really deep mine shaft over a thousand feet, over 3000 feet, whatever. You wouldn't be able to see the light. It'd be so small and insignificant. I'm pretty sure that it would just be, you know, it'd just be too far to see it. Why didn't they try? Yeah. I mean, maybe they did and they just didn't say anything about it. But then again, yeah, I don't know. You're right. You know, maybe maybe they didn't. And it's just like, oh, it's just one of those things. You think that would be like one of the big selling points though? Like, hey, we 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 turned a flashlight on, we threw it down. That bad boy was so deep we lost sight of the light. Or maybe you're right that there is a gradual slope. So as it makes that curve, you can't see it anymore and they just perceive that as a bottomless pit. Which even if that was the case, say it was Let's just say it was so deep that it went to like the Earth's core. Wouldn't that then create a volcano? It'd create a spout for the oh the yeah, lava the, to the, shoot the, out of it. Mm-hmm. So the pressure, the pressure it, would come, would force all that shit clean, clean out of there. You're right. right. So it couldn't be bottomless, you know, unless it went around the core and then out somewhere else. But it, you know, it's just yeah, <laughs> this story's it's pretty silly. I just had the idea, like, maybe, like, there's, like, a pocket of a gas in there that is maybe lighter than air, but, like, at that point, like, how would it stay trapped down there? Like, if, you, if there was a hole, like, if it was, say, methane or helium or something, like, right, it, it would come right out anyway, so even that doesn't make sense. But what if it was denser than air? What, like, 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 uh, propane? Like, sure. I mean, there's all kinds of gases, you know, down there. But you would feel like, so I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that if it was denser than air, when like your little weight or whatever hit that pocket that was denser than air, you would feel it just dump. Like it would, so there's these slack line too. So there's these, uh, down in Mexico, there's these big holes. I forget what they're called, but they're basically like these large water storage things. And in some of them at the very bottom is a layer of salt water. And if you're diving in these things and you accidentally oh, breach yeah. that border between fresh and salt water, you'll plummet. 
Yeah, the lakes and the lakes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jake knows what I'm talking about. So, or, really? it's, a, or, it's, or it's a salt thing, and then at the bottom's a layer of fresh water. Whatever. As soon as mm-hmm. you breach that border, you'll drop down to the bottom, and it'll be sudden. So, like, if we hit a pocket of a gas that was that was denser than air, I imagine we'd have a similar effect to that. And you well, wouldn't be able to physically feel it. Like all of a sudden, it would just be like it would be like a jerk. Right. So let, let let's talk about the theory of planets with denser air. Right. Um, I remember watching god i can't remember the name of this show but it was a long time ago back when i was in high school on like disney or national geographic or something they did a special on alien planets and they had like these gigantic whales flying through the sky and they said (laughs) they said that the air was so dense here that something that weighed you know 10 20 tons on earth could simply fly through the air on this planet Right, because if it was thick enough, you'd eventually have some sort of buoyancy to you that would take you right. up. But still, like even then, like if it was if it was dense enough that the stuff would stay on the top, we would still feel that that quick like slackening, like dunk, like all right, we're on mm-hmm. the bottom. Like you feel it would feel like a bottom at least briefly, anyway. I'm still thinking wormhole, wormhole, or some kind of dimensional door. I mean, and that's if if this if Mel's hole actually makes sense and it exists then that's what it has to be. That's in my head. It has to be that because it's the only thing that would make sense for light and sound. You're right. You are right about that. Like if it was, if it was a wormhole and it was in that, that black beam was a wormhole sucking the light out of that space. It would also suck you clean over the edge of that hole the minute you got anywhere near it. Hmm. Yeah, and I I wonder I wonder if the same thing would happen with sound too. So like let's say if you were sending sound down the hole and it went through a dimensional gateway and it refracted just like it did with light that it would absorb sound instead of uh allowing the area to echo it. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, 100% if you were encountering like a wormhole or black hole type situation where it's strong enough to remove the light over that area, it it, it would immediately absorb all sound. But like so like you would come you would get within feet uh, or or maybe even further than feet. Like there would be a massive area around this where things were just ripped and gone. Like it would be to have gravity dense enough to remove light if it, it was would, a black hole. Well, that's wormholes are connected to black holes. Well, they're 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 through a black hole. True, but we don't know how dimensional gateways work. Now, dimensional gateways and black holes or wormholes could be completely different. It could be. I mean, because technically, the theory is is that if there's a dimensional gateway, it would simply be as if you're phasing in and out of your reality. So, um, the. the that wouldn't technically make sense for a dimensional gateway. Now, yes, a wormhole, yes, I, I can understand that, especially if it, if the whole uh, theory about two black holes, you know, a wormhole connecting two black holes is true, then yes, you, you, there would be no planet here if there was a black hole anywhere on this planet. Let's just put it that way, because it would, right. uh, you know, almost instantaneously absorb everything around it, right? like, like you were saying. But right, and, and then that would ex- I mean, it would explain the black beam, but then, it, like I said before, the gravity would have to be so intense and so dense and strong, like to remove light, 
No, like you wouldn't have been able to get anywhere near that hole, let alone throw trash. There wouldn't be certainly wouldn't be rocks hanging onto the sides of it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or plants on the outside edge. (laughs) And this is why I think that the dimensional gateway thing makes sense because I know I don't even think that a beam of what black quote unquote finger quotes here light could escape this hole. Right, I think that this would have to be a dimensional gateway where light is being refracted. You know, think of the Pink Floyd logo with the triangle, you know, or the pyramid, and it's shooting a white beam at the light and it's refracting into the rainbow. Well, uh, yes, that's that's true. But what if this dimensional gateway simplifies or condenses this beam? Right, white is the the absence of color, and black is all the colors put together. So what if th- something on the other end of this dimensional gateway was shining a light into it and it was refracting out a black beam of light but what you what you were looking at wasn't necessarily black but it was all the colors mixed together you so know you're saying like, like some sort of like mirror weird mirror dimension coming through there sort of yeah i mean we don't know what an alternate dimension would look like that's some you know? Twilight Zone level stuff right now. I know. I love it. Anyways, so I had just started this next section. Let me finish this, and we'll talk a little bit more. All right? All right. All right, so where did I... Okay, we did well within the limits of the string he was using. Then he discussed further information about the military presence on his property. He states that for the last two days, he has seen black helicopters flying around the area and building heavy equipment being stationed on the road. Mel discussed how a real estate agent had contacted him and left a voicemail on his answering machine about a potential buyer for the property and how they were willing to pay very handsomely for it as well. He also discussed how many people that he knew threw dead animals into the hole. One particular hunter that threw a dead hunting dog down the hole mentioned to him that after they did so, he saw the dog again alive in the woods, still wearing the same collar and dog tags. Mel told of his curiosity being heightened about the hole in this property, so he began to talk to anyone he could about the hole to find out as much as he could. One neighbor told him that a long time ago, there were stone pillars around it. Now there was only the stone <laughs> retaining wall that went down about 15 feet into the hole before it gave way to dirt walls the rest of the way. Mel showed a man a picture of Stonehenge, and the man replied that it looked exactly the same, except with the, without the horizontal stone at the top. During the episode, Art Bell brought up two other faxes. One fax that Mel had sent earlier about how another hole was discovered by a listener in Colville, Washington, and another listener faxed in a statement about iron veins in Manistash and the electromagnetic properties of the planet could have created a natural time machine of sorts. The interview ends with Art recommending that Mel gets his local authorities and media involved. Mel replies that he is afraid that the plants he grows for his Native American medicines can be used against him as a grow operation. <laughs> ah, peyote. <laughs> peyote and ayahuasca. Some peyote in the desert. <laughs> He's got peyote and ayahuasca going. <laughs> Time ran out and the episode was over. <laughs> you know what just occurred to me? What's that? So I'm looking at something that says the Russians drilled the deepest borehole that went down 40,230 feet in 1989. I remember looking that up. And if I recall correctly, the reason why they stopped at that number was because of the heat. 
Yes. Because it was so hot that their instruments were failing. They couldn't, they literally couldn't drill any further. And if this guy is serious in saying that he threw a fishing line down at least 80,000 feet deep, I mean, that fishing line would disintegrate. It'd be gone. Just Did he pull the line back out? Yeah. So I think that yeah, he's he, completely full of crap. It's spoiling at the bottom. <laughs> I'm with Jake. <laughs> There's no way that some monofilament fishing line is better than, you know, cast steel <laughs> as far as like, or cold rolled steel as far as mining equipment doesn't, goes. Doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, cause those, those fishing weights are made out of lead typically, but at least back then, oh, yeah. right? Oh, so still. doesn't doesn't lead have a much lower uh, melting temperature yeah. than than steel does? So you can much. melt it with a blowtorch versus steel, which you can't. Yeah. Right. So so this lead weight would have melted off well before we even got the distance of the Russian uh, thing. Not oh, yeah. not to, not even that. You have to think about the uh, the monofilament line. Yeah, just the plastic fishing line would be Dude, gone. You could, right. You could, you could have you can light a hot fart next to one of those, and that thing would be gone. Right. Right, yeah. Not to mention if it, like, you ever think about, like, when you're, you're fishing from a boat, do you ever layer line on the edge of the boat? Oh, hell no. Why? No. Because it could snap, right? Yeah. yeah. Just immediately. Yeah. Friction. So if that Friction. thing, it's like, it would have to be straight down. You know, mm -hmm. God forbid that he rubbed it on a rock and it snaps, especially if it's being stretched, especially if it's underweight. It just doesn't right. make any, any sense. Anything applies a point of pressure, it'll be done with that. Yeah. It's just... It's this is just, I'm, I, I'm going to reiterate it, and it's going to be, you know, you know what? Here we go. Spoiler alert. Let's just do our final thoughts now, and then I'll tell the rest of the story. And okay. if anybody wants to actually hear the rest of the story of Mel's Hole, continue after this. If not, turn it off. My, my final thoughts on this story is that if this is true, which I don't believe it is, I'm totally on board with Jake and CJ here, I think that you have to be dealing with a dimensional uh, gateway of, of some sort. Uh, which is again very science fictional. Um, Besides the dimensional gateway, you're also looking at a guy claiming he threw a dead dog down and it came back. So we're really looking at some sort of Lazarus pit. Yeah, and we get deeper into that later on. So if anybody wants to hear a story about how they threw a goat down there uh, or down another hole, just like Mel's hole, continue listening. The story gets very interesting. Um, save you some time for googling it yourself and just listen on and hear us laugh at some of this other stuff uh, but it does it does get very interesting all right so cj what's your uh final thoughts on this that is bullshit man <laughs> no surprise there <laughs> jake what is your final thoughts on this um so i was watching a a youtube video on it and one of the guys was talking about it, and he had seen Mel's hole, and he couldn't find it any anymore. But he was like, "Yeah, if you if you're saying that this is fake, then you're calling me a liar, my dad a liar, and this entire you know Native American tribe oh, a liar." Yeah, the and Native I was just American like, guy. Yeah, I yeah, saw the same thing. And I was just like, "Okay, <laughs> so that wasn't difficult." <laughs> was this Red Elk? Yeah. Yes. Or no, he yeah. he said he was talking to Red Elk. Yeah, Red yeah. Elk is a big player in this too. And he said I that, and I was just this, like, but... okay, that's easy. He's like, you're just calling all of us liars, and like, okay, yes, that's I'm, your 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 powers of observation are unparalleled, sir. Well, maybe not liars, <laughs> but certainly like I we would say, calling you truthers. 
Uh, yeah, well, you know, they like to have fun, you know. Yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so let's continue. We're about halfway through this story. So if anybody cares to keep going, listen on. If not, then we'll see you for season three. Anyways. All right, bye. I'll see you for season three. Oh. No, CJ, you have to stay. Anyways. <sighs> Three years later, on April 24, 2000, Art had Mel back on the show to touch base. The conversation started with the recap of old events to catch up new listeners. Some new info that was added that was not added before was a man would come by all the time to dump old tires down the well and that Mel was married at the time of the first calls. Mel updated Art with the fact that in Mel's will he added that he wanted his remains to be sent down the hole to see if he comes back to life like the dog did during the time between episodes mel has moved to australia with the money that he accepted from the sale of the property i actually want to convenient i actually want to uh put a little asterisk there and correct this because i later found out that this is actually wrong it mel didn't move himself there he was moved there by the person who who bought the the property who is theorized to be the US government much more convenient but but in reality but in reality what we're saying is this guy made up a story got on coast to coast a rich eccentric person who wishes to not be named picked up on it believed him and said I must have that and purchased <laughs> it and moved this man to Australia yeah so i mean he's a genius businessman we need to get this man on the phone he can sell infinite rabbit hole too and we'll all go do whatever the fuck we want hell yeah art waters you hear that come on on the infinite rabbit hole and take us to the promised land but also somehow there is no mel waters that has ever owned that piece of property true yes oh <laughs> i think we get into that anyways uh Art can verify that Mel does, in fact, live in Australia. So Art Bell was able to verify this. Okay. Um, Mel states that the deal for the property included $250,000 a month. Immediately after accepting the term for the leasing of the property for $3 million a year, Mel was rushed to San Francisco, told to leave all of his belongings and flown to Australia, <laughs> which was his choice, and forced to sign an NDA. Mel, a new continue life. <laughs> Mel continued his work with his herbs in Australia and found that the ones that were originally planted <laughs> his you, herbs. Guys are, you guys are children like like cilantro and thyme <laughs> yeah those his herbs <laughs> you know, this man was tripping balls and was like hey mate throw the dead dog in there <laughs> Let me tell you a story about this dingo. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mel continued his work with his herbs in Australia and found that the ones that were originally planted closer to the hole had shown different aspects. He claimed that the plants were used by some in Australia to cure AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Would it, wouldn't it be cool if it was that simple? You smoke some peyote and you're done. And you're like, dang. Guys, if anybody's wondering what they're trying to use, to, and they, they successfully cured some infants of the HIV virus, they're using a synthesized killer bee venom in a vaccination to do it. Not peyote. Please, God, if you have AIDS, don't go out there and get torched on peyote. Well, I mean, if you already have AIDS, what else do you have to do? You know, well, or, What do you have to lose? Like, it, the shit will kill you. It, it'll kill you way faster. 
if you're not careful, like if you don't just go out there and start smoking peyote crazy. I don't like. know. Twenty years of suffering, slowly dying of of AIDS <sighs> versus get it wrapped up in an afternoon. No, no. Could you imagine this? <laughs> could you imagine this? Someone, someone, someone goes and they they get their partner and they're like, "Hey, listen, this is our first time. Like, do you do you have anything you need to tell me about ahead of time?" They're like, "Well, I did have AIDS, but don't worry, I smoked some peyote because fucking Mel Waters said that it cured AIDS because he found it around his hole." Like, I it was no. tiger blood. I was told. No. I was told by Charlie Sheen it was tiger blood. This fucking Mel guy. No, he wanted to sell some land. He wanted to go live in Australia, and he wanted to smoke peyote, and he managed to do all of that because he's a fucking genius. And all oh, yeah. he did was make up make up a fucking story. That's all that happened. <laughs> I, I believe that. Like, that. That would make sense can, to me. Can we continue the story of Mel's hole? Why is there more? Oh man, there is so much more. Why? Oh, no. I don't want to hear any more. The story's over. He Are sold the sure? property. It's gone, no. dude. You. You want to hear the rest? Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, tell me the rest. Okay. Mel went on to... There's going to be a lot more laughing, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> Mel went Words. on to tell Art... Mel went on to tell Art <laughs> that he came back to the U.S. in December of 1999 to visit his family and help his nephew move to Tacoma, Washington. Or from Tacoma, Washington to Olympia. Mm -hmm. After bringing the moving truck back to Tacoma... Mel got on a bus to head back to Olympia to help his nephew. <laughs> During the bus ride, Mel... He's <laughs> just wheezing over there. What? Dude, I'm trying to get it out. Okay. During the bus ride, Mel got into an altercation with another passenger, and after being questioned by transit police and being removed from the bus, Mel woke up 12 days later in an alley in the bad side of San Francisco. <laughs> Good thing you found no. the cure for AIDS. <laughs> this is how the altercation on the bus went down. Hey, you the boy with the hole? He's like, yeah. Yes. Really deep hole. Boy, you know what time it is. Mel woke up confused and missing his back teeth. He got roofied on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Jim <laughs> <laughs> legally changed his name to Dr. Roxo. <laughs> oh, Jake just learned about Dr. Roxo. Oh I just gosh. taught I just taught Jake about Dr. Roxo. <laughs> I'm Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. I do cocaine. Gosh. <laughs> what a waste of time. <laughs> I say cocaine right now. <laughs> All right, he wakes up confused. He wakes up confused and missing his back teeth. Did his butt hurt? Oh, whoa. oh man. He, he also noticed an old bandage mark on his arm where it looked like he was hooked up to an IV at one point. <laughs> it's doing Did his, a big H in, in the alley. Did his butthole hurt? Can I continue this? Yes. It might seem unimportant, but Mel's handmade belt buckle that he made himself was gone. Mel, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it is funny. I agree. But they they tore that shit right off him. Boy, no time it is. <laughs> Mel had made a small handful of belt buckles out of old forks and coins that he found on the property a long time ago. <laughs> what the fuck? 
The coins were in a red Chinese printed envelope and had 10 Roosevelt dimes from 1943 in which he used to make the belt buckles. Roosevelt was still alive in 1943. He died in 1946, and in remembrance of him, the dime was given his official profile in 1946. Why is his drug-fueled 12-day binge included in the story like we get it you're rich like dude did you did you hear this so roosevelt dies from 1943 Uh but officially he didn't die till 1945 and he wasn't put on the dime until 1946 so the dude tried to make counterfeit money before he made the counterfeit story for his counterfeit hole to sell his fucking property so that he could go on 12-day drug binges and tell us about how he got his (laughs) fucking back teeth pulled he could he couldn't pay for the drugs so he gave him his teeth <laughs> I, I don't have i don't have any money but i got two <laughs> back in the day find somebody be like oh, i'll take that trade <laughs> back in the day my boy brought a movie to my house called bum fights and in this movie this bum was letting people pull his teeth out for 50 bucks. Gosh, I remember that. That was so gross. Yeah. So his back teeth were missing, and he likes to do drugs, right? Okay. The dimes had a mint mark of the letter B, which does not exist. After taking the dimes to a coin dealer, after taking the dimes to a coin dealer, the man was very impressed and wanted to offer Mel a good amount of money for them, but told him he would need a few more days to do additional research into the dimes. Not long after, officials from the Department of Treasury came and confiscated one dime from Mel. Mm-hmm. Now his belt buckle was missing, and he now wonders if the few other belt buckles he made also were missing from those he made them for. After finally returning to his nephew's house, he learned that his ex-wife was now taking legal action against him due to her originally leasing the land to him before he leased the land to the mysterious lender, which violated the leasing agreement they, they had originally agreed upon, which is a battle that he was now facing. Time ran out, and the episode was over. Oh, my God. So what we're saying is this man who is clearly counterfeiting money did a Ponzi scheme with person. his uh, did a Ponzi scheme with his ex-wife's property and sublet it to the to some rich guy. And, and and in the whole time, no one questioned the validity of the story of this whole. Uh, this guy is clearly a con man. He's clearly a con man. He's making fake money. He's running Ponzi schemes. And he's admitting to it. And 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 he's like, but I'm not faking it. I had dimes that never fucking existed. Ooh, they must be from another dimension. No, bitch, you just suck at making money. You suck at making fake money. That's all, because you fucked up. You didn't do your research ahead of time. You suck at it. So you went and tried to do something else. Oh, they're for belt buckles. What the fuck? And, and, then, and then you turn around and, and you make up. You're like, well, how, what's my next con? Oh, well, I heard about selling bridges in New York. Well, why don't I sell a fucking hole that doesn't exist? And it worked because it's a Ponzi scheme and they work. Oh, my God. So there's quite a bit more. Oh, all right. No. Oh, there is. We haven't even got. We haven't even got to like the the second hole yet. No, so, no more holes. No, no more holes. CJ, I'm just saying like this. It, it, come on, it's at least an interesting story. 
Listen well, don't fi- don't fix what ain't broke. I guess if it worked the first time, make up another one. Keep going, right? <laughs> Keep going because this gets even crazier. All right. So the next call yet again. Art Bell hosts Mel Waters on his show. This time on January 29th, two thousand two. This time Mel is back in the Pacific Northwest. Art mentions the Mel that many people have mentioned how they believe it could be a volcanic vent. Let me stop right here because I want to say something before we go on. I listened to these Apple actual episodes in my truck uh, for like two weeks straight. I mm-hmm. listened to nothing but episodes that you can find on YouTube, by the way, of Mel Waters talking to Art Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this stuff was legit. It's legit, okay? That all this stuff I'm going to say about a caller coming on and confirming some things actually did happen, okay? Okay. So they believe it could be a volcanic uh, volcanic vent. Mel responds saying that he doesn't know about that, but one thing he does know is that it is paranormal in nature. He goes on to update Art by saying that he lost the property to his ex, who he cannot track down and no longer has any access to the property. As they continue uh. to discuss the hole, Mel asks Art if he is familiar with TerraServer. At the time, it was a satellite imagery program similar to Google Earth. He states that if you find his old property on Terra Server, that it is blocked out by two large black blocks, and you cannot see the area that he describes as being his old land. A caller confirms this on air. Yes, I actually did hear this. Soon after the confirmation, the Terra Server crashed due to the load that the Coast to Coast audience was putting on it. But many people claim to have seen it by either writing or calling into the show or from chat rooms dedicated to strange topics. Mel says that there are a lot of accounts of people seeing a large black ray of light coming from the land as people drive by miles away on the highway. Art Bell goes on to tell Mel that there were reports on Mel's property a while back and that they found signs of the military being there at some point. Some things that, that were found were tire tracks from heavy machinery, blueprints, building supplies, and also a no-fly zone was extended to cover Mel's old property as well. This was also verified. Richard C. Hoagland, an author and conspiracy theorist, called into the show to say that he believed that the whole may have something to do with the interdimensional travel. He used the coins for an example. He said that in a parallel world where Germany won the war, the B-Mint mark could have been from a place like Berlin. After the call with Mr. Hoagland, Mel tells Art about a trip he took to see his tribe in Nevada, where he was going to talk about more herbal remedies. Cue laughter. Never mind. When he arrived, <laughs> when he arrived, they brought Mel to a place off of the reservation and on public land that had another hole. This oh. hole had some striking similarities to Mel's hole. Like not rough- existing? <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> it, was roughly ni- it was roughly nine feet wide, canceling any noise going into it. This one had a metal barrier around it instead of a stone wall that Mel's had. Animals were also said to act funny around it and also mm-hmm. had some tribe members convinced it held healing powers. The people had never tried to conduct it conduct any experiments like mel did mel convinced them to do a few and the first one they tried was to take a bucket of store-bought ice and lower it as far as they could they what? were able 
they were they were able to lower the bucket about 1500 feet and when they pulled it up they noticed that none of the ice melted at all they tried the experiment again this time they kept another bucket with them with the same ice and the same amount of ice to see if there was a difference when they raised the bucket of ice they were shocked to find that the bucket that they lowered into the hole again did not have any melted ice and the bucket that they kept with them was halfway melted with ice sitting on in a puddle of water now mel picked up a piece of the ice from the first bucket and found that not even in his hand would the ice melt then they put the ice in a pan and put it over a fire and the ice then caught on fire they attempted to duplicate okay. they attempted to <laughs> duplicate the experiment and found that they were only able to successfully get the same outcome about a third of the times that they tried then one of the men from the tribe said he wanted to send his sheep into the hole this is where it gets crazy guys you ready they crated the sheep and brought it to the hole the sheep began struggling and screaming very loudly the men then lifted the crate and slowly lowered the sheep into the hole as the crate passed the cusp of the hole the screaming seemed to have stopped but the animal was still clearly struggling to get out the men lowered the crate all the way down to 1,500 feet and let it sit there for 30 minutes. After raising the crate back up, they noticed that the sheep was dead. One of the, one of the <laughs> men... Being first with imminent death will give you a heart attack. Shit like that happens. One of the men cut the sheep open shortly after to be used as food later, but was shocked to find a mass inside of the sheep that was squirming around. The men cut the mass out and placed it next to the dead sheep and cut it open and was shocked to find there was an embryo-type creature in it that looked like a seal with human eyes. The creature cut itself free from its casing and slowly moved to the edge of the table. Mel reached down and brought the creature to the ground. The creature spent a few hours with the men and after a little while made its way over the hole and jumped in. Mel was diagnosed with esophagus cancer and only given six months to live before he left for Nevada. When he returned to Washington, all of the cancer was gone and there was no sign that it was ever there. Mel blames his encounter with a strange embryonic creature for why his cancer disappeared. The natives told the tribal leader about their time at the hole and the strange creature and he had told them that he was not shocked. Shortly before Mel fell asleep that night, the leader gave him a gift and told him not to look at it yet. Mel went to sleep after putting it in his pocket. A few days after leaving the reservation, Mel looked at what the tribal leader had given him. It was a red envelope with a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Time ran out and the episode was over. I just googled sheep embryo. Want to know what it looked like? Exactly uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, because they lowered a pregnant fucking sheep into the right. hole and gave it a heart attack. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sheep, sheep are born by coming out of the ground. Everyone knows that. They just jump out of holes <laughs> in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was like listening to it. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like one of, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It's like, oh, all these ice experiments and stuff. I get the ice one. 
that one makes sense because it does get colder underground before it gets hotter, right? That's yeah, there's why a, there's a that's constant what, temperature below nine foot, which is why your basement stays a regular thing. Right. And that's why, you know, 18th century sort of people there they all had their storehouses underground or they'd dig out a hole or something like that. Like it makes sense that it would be less melted than the one that's sitting up in the sunlight. But unless they had somewhat some way to like take photos or videos and document this sort of stuff it just sounds like a bunch of nonsense and then yeah let's throw a sheep down there and then either it starves for oxygen and it dies or it has a heart attack and it dies and they pull it they bring it up and they cut it open and oh my goodness it was pregnant it's a beast like it's just <laughs> meanwhile they're getting blazed out of their mind like did his medicinal herbs with him to the second hole like <laughs> pass me I'm that sure. board. look at this monster in it <laughs> please for the love of god tell me that's the end of the story no god damn it god damn it Man, why how much can it get and you that's not even that's not even like that's not even like a cuss word right now i hope god damns it like fuck that guy like this story is horrible like it's entertaining. Come on, man. You got to admit it's entertaining. Oh, well, I'm, I'm having a good chuckle, but it's it's it, it's like it's it's kind of like how I do, where I say something that's funny and then I drag it out so long, it's not fucking funny anymore. Yeah, and everyone looks at you like, "All right, dude. All right, yeah. all right, it's yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> You've killed it." <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm super good at doing that, so I know what it looks like when somebody's doing that. <laughs> man. Well, we're on the last call. You ready? Okay. Oh, finally. All Bring right. it. The last time Mel appeared on Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell was on December 20th, 2002 to update everyone on the last bit of info we'll ever get about Mel's hole. Mel began by telling Art that he had found out that one of the tribe's members took the ice home with him to use to heat his house in his heating furnace. Uh, the, the fire uh, never went out. <laughs> Although the man did start to complain that he was always thirsty and the air in the house was always dry, one day the furnace crashed through the floor and laid on the ground in the in the crawl space in the house. The man left it down there because the fire never went out, which meant it was too hot to pick it back up. So the man left the hole in the floor and used whatever heat the furnace gave off to get through the winter. A little while later, the man came home to see that his entire house collapsed. The wood seems to be extremely dry and brittle all throughout what was left of his house. He moved in with his brother and left the remains of his house the way they fell. A few weeks later, the furnace still held the fire and was now about five feet into the ground. The hole was smoothed and looked as if all the moisture was sucked out of the ground around it. After the tribe reached out to Mel to let him know about what happened, Mel reached out to his contact from the people who bought his property and told them about the other hole. They showed up almost immediately to the house and began trying to remove the furnace from the ground. Eventually, they prevailed. After that update, Mel states that he always feels like he is being followed. People are constantly coming up to him and asking about the hole. Art turns away from this topic for Mel's safety. After being asked about the creature from the sheep, Mel tells how the creature makes frequent visits to the tribe. <laughs> a, a previous guest on Coast to Coast AM said that they believe the creature was what's called a rock flyer. 
He tells of a Native American legend that says that rock flyers are from beneath the earth and are interdimensional travelers. Mel goes on to say that the tribe created a way to communicate with the creature and that the creature has told them a lot of warnings about the planet. The creature warns that the ice can be can very well be a substance that destroys the world. The creature also explains that there are many different beings from all over the universe that are watching this planet, waiting for us to kill ourselves so that they can take it over and live here themselves. Time ran out and the episode was over. This is the last time Coast to Coast ever has Mel Waters on the show. So you're going to tell me that if you have a heat source inside your house that it wicks the moisture out of the air this heat source so when i was reading the book maybe i didn't uh summarize it as well but they kept talking about how yes the ice was apparently what they were trying to get around uh, you know through to everybody was that the ice was absorbing all the moisture around it the moisture the moisture in air the moisture in the wood the moisture in everything so this guy was having issues with breathing he was waking up every morning with a sore throat cough and everything and then eventually his house started to crumble because all the moisture was going away i just tried to google rock flyers and then i added rock flyers cryptid it looks like there aren't any great matches for your search which means this is not a thing because if it's native american like lore and it's a creature that they talk about and whatnot those things are very well recorded yeah mm-hmm. we would have something and even google's like nah i got a worldwide database that says that that shit doesn't exist like yeah i tried googling it too i got a bunch of posters for black sabbath and i was like no nah, that's not what did, I'm looking how, did you, for. how did you spell flyers because okay yeah so i got the rock i got the rock posters too initially yeah so the dude ran the scheme. The scheme was up, and he couldn't run it any longer. This sounds like the story that never ends until people start asking a bunch of questions and telling him that he needs to prove it, and then he's just like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh there's no way to." Bye. <laughs> yeah, and like, and like all, and like all lies that start out really, really good, they get really, and really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my stance still still is there on on this this whole topic i think that this was an interesting thing to read about like it, it, about halfway through the book and halfway through the research i was like okay i think that he's gone too far this is a whole shit ton of nonsense and i'm kind of done with it um but i kept going and it just kept getting stranger and stranger and stranger and it's like that guy who just he makes up a lie and then makes up another mm-hmm. lie to cover that lie and another lie to cover that lie. And soon enough, you just, you're looking at this dude and you're like, dude, you are a lie. <laughs> and he's tripping balls and they, they put a pregnant sheep in a hole and then brought it out. And then, and they, they killed it because they gave it a goddamn heart attack. Or like Jake said, the hole so deep, the oxygen's not down there, which is a thing in tunnels. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, here where yeah, I live, we have something called. Yeah, like about 50 miles from where I live, something called the Lehigh Tunnel, and they have large turbine fans in there because if they don't have it, there will be no oxygen in the tunnel. Yeah. And and then they cut the fetus out, and the fetus wiggles around a little bit because it's not dead yet. It mm-hmm. can still live for a little, and they're tripping balls, and they now know that they gave a sheep a heart attack and an abortion, and all kind. And now they're guilty, and they feel bad. So it can't be an abortion, aborted sheep. It's a rock flyer, which doesn't fucking exist, and no one's ever talked about before. And oh, 
Oh, right. My yeah. Hurt. I need ibuprofen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you, random Reddit user. Uh, this was a lot of. I had a awesome, good time. Awesome time. It was funny. Yeah, me and Jake got a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. I'm, dude, I I muted my mic. I, I'll let you guys take that. Now <laughs> I'm sitting here cracking up too. It's, but you know. I, <laughs> I did all my laughter and my, you know, head games while I was actually doing the research and stuff. And it's just, I was in the same boat that you guys were saying. And I was like, I wonder what happens next. And then, then he starts talking about the military shows up. I'm like, Oh geez. Okay. And then, and then I start hearing, Oh, now, now they paid for him to go to Australia. Okay, dude. (laughs) And now he's back and he got his, his shit kicked in by some dude on a bus. And then he wakes up in San Francisco. What I want to know is, is when he went to Australia, how many years was he gone before he came back? Does it happen to be within the statute of limitations? I don't know. Because maybe there was a warrant out because he ran a Ponzi scheme? (laughs) No, I don't know. That would, I I mean, I guess it would be a federal thing since he brought it onto the air, right? It would cover all states. Yeah. Uh, So, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Here, See, here's the, thing a, is, the thing is about that story is it would have been way better if it had ended halfway through when we no. were still when we were still laughing if it had ended there it would have been so much better i think i think if this story ended with <clears throat> the government showing up i think that's just enough of like intrigue to be like hmm okay if this is an inter- interdimensional gateway and the government shows up and they know about these kind of things maybe they're trying to cover this up i can i can sort of like there i i can cut the pieces to make that fit you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but then it goes so far to the left and it's just like you know what i'm not cutting these anymore i'm done oh yeah you yeah. know like i I like to try to rationalize these sorts of stories, like the black beam of light, that nonsense. And he was saying like, oh, yeah, and then lots of people have seen it, but not a single photograph. Like, I don't believe in aliens, but I can't say that UFOs don't exist because there's a lot of dang pictures and videos out there, right? Mm -hmm. So even if I don't understand it or I don't believe in what other people are saying it is, but if it's as popular as they say it is that people driving along the freeway see it, dude, everyone has a dash cam. Everyone has some way to take a picture. You know, a thousand people aren't going to drive by and all notice something and not one single person has a way to take a photo, even if it was, you know, in the, you know, before the 2000s. Even we're talking if it about was, 1997 and it was yeah. really common practice for you to have a disposable camera right. in your glove box yeah. in the event of an accident. I remember that being a thing. Like anytime we were going any sort of distance, my parents always checked to make sure that the disposable camera was in the glove compartment in case we had an accident. Fair enough. That was a thing. Like yeah. people did this. Like, <laughs> so you're right. You're a hundred percent correct, Jake. Like people would have taken a photograph. Yeah. Be like, holy crap! What's that? Oh, I forgot to take a picture. <laughs> All right. Not that I have to ask, but we'll just go ahead and do it. Factor bullshit, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> Fact is a pretty strong word. <laughs> I, be- I believe him. He's telling the truth. Right on. Factor <laughs> bullshit. You know, I actually found an article about what was at the bottom of that first hole, and it turns out it was a whole load of bullcrap. 
<laughs> uh, I'm going 100% bullshit. I, I, I was trying to make Mel Waters sound somewhat cognitive until <laughs> cognitive. he until he took off to Australia. And let's be honest, I left some stuff out. There was there was some stuff that just you know what just How didn't bad even make did get. So apparently he had like a a uh, a rescue for animals in Australia. Oh gosh, there was, was a whole thing there too. There was a whole <sighs> thing about that. There was a whole thing about like his ex uh, boss and uh, a whole thing about uh, animals coming to life and stuff like that. That I I mean I just left out. I was like this is long enough, so I cut out some crap. But <sighs> if anybody... it was too much, it was too much. You got flaming ice. All right. <laughs> Why? I mean, if 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 you got down there and they like like they got like methane in them or something, like all right, that explains why you didn't drop a fireball down there to see what would have happened. You'd have blown your eyebrows off. But like (laughs) the world's most impressive potato cannon, (laughs) 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 countryside out. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Then it has like a Lazarus pit effect, but it killed the sheep. Yeah, and then transformed the fetus of the sheep into something called <laughs> right rock fire or whatever. And it, he did too much. He was he. Uh, I think the kids call it nowadays doing the most. He yeah. was doing the most. <laughs> you know, and I had when I was listening to those YouTube videos, I was vacuuming the house. I was just listening to you know the whole story, and it's quite a few of them. But one thing they did mention was the whole Lazarus effect thing. Was that you know it was. It was a dog, a hunting dog that had died that had been thrown in there. And then the owner said that, you know, the next day or whatever, he saw his hunting dog with another hunter, but the dog wouldn't come to him and wouldn't respond to him. And when I think about hunting dogs, because I've hunted with a hunt club that used dogs, it's generally like bloodhounds or beagles or some kind of retriever and all that stuff. And let me tell you, they don't come an infinite amount of colors. Yeah. They're, they all look pretty <laughs> much the same. So it's not arc. Beagles, it's not arc. We don't have mutations. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying it'd be like if, you know, I had a golden retriever as a kid. If it died and then I was walking down the street and someone else had a golden retriever, I'm like, Zeke, Zeke, come here. You know, it's just like and the dog's like, get the get the heck away from me, you weirdo. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, there's my dog. It's back alive, life, back to life again. You know, it's like, come on, really? <laughs> my dog was purple and that dog is, too. Like, it's just it just seemed way too far fetched from really the beginning for me. It's like for me, once the government steps in, it's like, okay. You know, and that's where I expected it to end too, because it's like that's the well, you can't confirm it now because the government's got a hold of it. It would have been way more believable. Like, hey, it would have been, I, have, still, I have property. A thing happened on the property. Yeah. I reported the thing. The government showed up and now I'm not allowed on my property and I don't know what happened. Okay, yeah. cool. Now I'm on board. It would have been in the realm of plausibility. Be like, can you prove it happened? No. Can you disprove it happened? No. You know, and it would have been right there. But now we're so far deep into this hole that it's just like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is so this is dumb. one of those times where you sit down, like you're sitting at a table with this guy and and you're like, man, you're going to share whatever you're smoking. And he gets halfway through his story and you're like, 
I, I don't want whatever you're smoking. Want that. Sounds, never this mind, sounds, dude. Never mind. This sounds, this sounds terrible. I got stuff to do, man. You've been on this trip for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's end it there. Jake, welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, man. I'm happy to have you back. Thank you much. It's good to be back. CJ. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> um, in case you guys don't know, uh CJ and Jake. Uh, they're, they're pretty much polar opposites in their beliefs. So we're, this is going to make for some very interesting stuff. Uh, they're both friendly dudes. Uh, they play well together, uh, but they're going to bring some extremely different, uh, points of view to the podcast. I'm very excited for season three. I think that this is going to be our best season yet, not just because of the topics, but because of the cast that we have ready to go. The the guests that we have are exciting. The topics are exciting. The cast is exciting. Everything's exciting. We're moving forward with a lot of different stuff, getting you some more content to enjoy, being more involved with the 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 fan base. And the only thing I can say is that if you guys don't want another stupid story like mel's hole for for the fan for the fan appreciation episode at the end of season three get us some topics please we're gonna we're gonna file mel's hole in the same drawer we filed blue dogs (laughs) yeah get it get us some topics man or you know what how about this if you want to if you're if you're a fan and you want to be a guest host on on the next fan appreciation episode, let us know. We'll 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 set you up a whole Patreon tier for that. Hell yeah! Hell oh, yeah. yeah! Absolutely, we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. you got I. You guys just lost the opportunity to get that for free, and now you have to pay for it. Good job. Paywall. You want to come <laughs> hang out with us? Paywall. We're super celebrities now. You got to yeah. pay for us to talk to you outside of Discord. Yeah, we're so popular; it's insane. Um. But that's it. Well, that's that's because Jake is back. Yeah, we got to pay for that. Oh, yeah. He's an expensive date. Oh, yeah. He likes expensive things like lobster tails and prime rib and stuff. But only if he cooks it. Yeah, he'll do it on camera for you. Oh, yeah. He will. We should do a cooking show with Jake. Jake, you could teach everybody how to smoke a butt. Oh, yeah. I was was also a, a professional chef for years. Yeah. And then, know. And, then, and then the wife said, I'm pregnant. And I said, well, now I need a real job. <laughs> Let us know. You guys want us to do a cooking show? That'd be pretty fun. And if that you're bored, look up we, Russian we, tattooed pets. <laughs> we could do like, like cryptid related foods or something. That would be we fun. totally good. We could do Bigfoot big, shaped cake. No, dude. Bigfoot meatballs. Bigfoot's balls. Yes. We we'll do Bigfoot balls. Over a platter of spaghetti. And then we get a red chili pepper to put between them. <laughs> yeah. For the red yeah. rocket. Hey! <laughs> he got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. That's the end of season two. Uh, I know we said that before, but this is the real end of season two. Everything after this is going to be content for season three. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for getting us to where we are. Jake, thank you for starting this with me. CJ, thank you for continuing this with me. Andrew, same thing to you, even though you're not here anymore. And I really look forward to season three and everything that we have coming up. This is going to just get just 
nuts. Everything's going to get better. We have some huge shit down the pipeline. And that's it. I'm going to stop repeating myself. Have a good one, guys. Yep. And if anybody wants, I got a hole in the side of my house. Birds come out of occasionally. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can watch that. I got a bird that's uh, nesting on my porch light right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's got Anyways, eggs and everything. We'll, uh, we'll see you in season three, guys. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infiniterabbithole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinitrh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, reach out to us. Let us know. Come on, have a good time, tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans, and we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole.